O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, November 17th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayishlach, and it means, And He Sent. Genesis 33, 6-20 Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children, and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came? Esau asked. Jacob replied, They are a gift, my lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, No, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I have brought you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Well, Esau said, let's be going. I will lead the way. But Jacob replied, You can see, my lord, that some of the children are very young, and the flocks and herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you at Seir. All right, Esau said, but at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. 
Jacob responded, That's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly, my Lord. So Esau turned around and started back to Seir that same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Sukkot. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Sukkot, which means shelters. Later, having traveled all the way from Padan Aram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem in the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob bought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for one hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Elohe Israel. Ezekiel 35, 1-36-8 Again a message came to me, Ezekiel, from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Mount Seir and prophesy against its people. Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Mount Seir, and I will raise my fist against you to destroy you completely. I will demolish your cities and make you desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Your eternal hatred for the people of Israel led you to butcher them when they were helpless, when I had already punished them for all their sins. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, since you show no distaste for the blood, I will give you a bloodbath of your own. Your turn has come. I will make Mount Seir utterly desolate, killing off all who try to escape and any who return. I will fill your mountains with the dead. Your hills, your valleys, and your ravines will be filled with people slaughtered by the sword. I will make you desolate forever. Your cities will never be rebuilt. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For you said, The lands of Israel and Judah will be ours. We will take possession of them. What do we care that the Lord is there? Therefore, as surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will pay back your angry deeds with my own. I will punish you for all your acts of anger, envy, and hatred. And I will make myself known to Israel by what I do to you. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have heard every contemptuous word you spoke against the mountains of Israel. For you said, They are desolate. They have been given to us as food to eat. In saying that, you boasted proudly against me, and I have heard it all. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, The whole world will rejoice when I make you desolate. You rejoiced at the desolation of Israel's territory. Now I will rejoice at yours. You will be wiped out, you people of Mount Seir, and all who live in Edom. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, prophesy to Israel's mountains. Give them this message. O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Your enemies have taunted you, saying, Aha! Now the ancient heights belong to us. Therefore, Son of Man, give the mountains of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. Your enemies have attacked you from all directions, making you the property of many nations and the object of much mocking and slander. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. He speaks to the hills and mountains, ravines and valleys, and to ruined wastes and long-deserted cities that have been destroyed and mocked 
by the surrounding nations. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, My jealous anger burns against these nations, especially Edom, because they have shown utter contempt for me by gleefully taking my land for themselves as plunder. Therefore prophesy to the hills and mountains, the ravines and valleys of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am furious that you have suffered shame before the surrounding nations. Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I have taken a solemn oath that those nations will soon have their own shame to endure. But the mountains of Israel will produce heavy crops of fruit for my people, for they will be coming home again soon. See, I care about you, and I will pay attention to you. Your ground will be plowed and your crops planted. I will greatly increase the population of Israel, and the ruined cities will be rebuilt and filled with people. I will increase not only the people, but also your animals. O mountains of Israel, I will bring people to live on you once again. I will make you even more prosperous than you were before. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. I will cause my people to walk on you once again, and you will be in their territory. You will never again rob them of their children. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The other nations taunt you, saying, Israel is a land that devours its own people and robs them of their children. But you will never again devour your people or rob them of their children, says the Sovereign Lord. I will not let you hear those other nations insult you, and you will no longer be mocked by them. You will not be a land that causes its nation to fall, says the Sovereign Lord. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by the evil way they lived. To me, their conduct was as unclean as a woman's menstrual cloth. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols. So I poured out my fury on them. I scattered them to many lands to punish them for the evil way they had lived. But when they were scattered among the nations, they brought shame on my holy name. For the nation said, These are the people of the Lord, but he couldn't keep them safe in his own land. Then I was concerned for my holy name, on which my people brought shame among the nations. Therefore give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back, but not because you deserve it. I am doing it to protect my holy name, on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the Sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. But I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will obey my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And you will live in Israel, the land I gave your ancestors long ago. 
You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will cleanse you of your filthy behavior. I will give you good crops of grain, and I will send no more famines on the land. I will give you great harvests from your fruit trees and fields, and never again will the surrounding nations be able to scoff at your land for its famines. Then... You will remember your past sins and despise yourselves for all the detestable things you did. But remember, says the Sovereign Lord, I am not doing this because you deserve it. O my people of Israel, you should be utterly ashamed of all you have done. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When I cleanse you from your sins, I will repopulate your cities, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The fields that used to lie empty and desolate in plain view of everyone will again be farmed, and when I bring you back, people will say, This former wasteland is now like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned and ruined cities now have strong walls and are filled with people. Then the surrounding nations that survive will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins and replanted the wasteland. For I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do what I say. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am ready to hear Israel's prayers and to increase their numbers like a flock. They will be as numerous as the sacred flocks that fill Jerusalem's streets at the time of her festivals. The ruined cities will be crowded with people once more, and everyone will know that I am Yahweh. James 1, 1-18 This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. I am writing to the twelve tribes, believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them, and those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. 
Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. Psalm 116, 1-19 I love the Lord because He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because He bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good He is, so merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and He saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety I cried out to you, These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all He has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all His people. The Lord cares deeply when His loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all His people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27, 23-27 Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds, for riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is harvested and the new crop appears, and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing, and your goats will provide the price of a field. And you will have enough goat's milk for yourself, your family, and your servant girls. I'd like to speak to you from our Torah portion from Genesis 33, and then we're going to jump into Ezekiel 35 and 36. And these two passages are connected. So in Genesis 33, we see the reuniting of Esau and Jacob. If you look in the account of the book of Jasher, Jasher gives further details about this encounter. Esau has murder and hatred in his heart, and he has come with 400 armed men. He intends to slaughter his brother Jacob. How did he find out that Jacob was moving and on the go? His uncle Laban sent a messenger over to Esau at Mount Seir to let him know, Hey, Jacob is on the way home, and he's taken all of my flocks and herds and my two daughters, and basically Laban stirs the pot. Esau, who still has murder in his heart, mounts up an army of armed men, 400 men, And he wants to kill his brother. 
But in the book of Jasher, the account tells us that a huge angel stops him along the way, and the angel tells him to put his sword away and to do no harm to his brother Jacob. So all the men put their swords back in their sheaths, and Esau backs down. He pretends that he is friends with his brother Jacob, and when he gives him a kiss on the neck, when you look at that word kiss in the Hebrew, it actually has some dots above the Hebrew letters, and the rabbis teach us that those dots are indicative of a bite, as though he were biting his brother on the neck with his teeth. And so, Actually, Esau is being very deceptive and sneaky and sly and cunning. He's going to bide his time and wait. He still wants to get revenge. So when they meet up, of course, Jacob gives him all these gifts and insists that those gifts are given to Esau. And finally, Esau accepts them. And then Esau tells him, I'll leave some of my men with you. And They'll guard you and lead the way. And Jacob says, no. You can see that some of us, uh, Genesis thirty-three thirteen, some of the children are very young. The flocks and herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. And he goes on to say in verse 14, please, my Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and for the children. And I will meet you at Seir. And verse 15, Esau says, Okay, but at least let me leave some of my men with you to guide and protect you. And Jacob says, That's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly. So Jacob has told him, I'll meet you at Seir. But that's not where Jacob goes. Jacob goes to a place called Sukkot. So he does not go to Seir. He does not trust his brother, and rightly so. Now, Seir, where is that? Mount Seir is in the region of Edom, and Edom is um, part of the desolate wilderness area of southern Jordan, and there's mountains there in the area of Petra, canyons and mountains, and this is where Esau makes his stand, where he builds up his empire, where he builds up his contacts, connections, and relationships. Seir. Now, remember the principle we talked about the other day, that there is an end days battle between the descendants of Jacob and the descendants of Esau, between the spirit of Jacob. Remember, Jacob is a man of the tents. He loves to study Torah. He loves the word. He loves the God of Israel. And Esau, who is a man of the field, who loves to hunt. He's a bloody hunter, and he hates Jacob. Okay, so now let's jump into Ezekiel 35. We've been talking about Mount Seir, Edom, Petra. Those were the hangouts and the places where uh, Esau hung out. And it says in Ezekiel 35.1, Again, a message came to me, Ezekiel, from the Lord, Son of Man, turn and face Mount Seir. That's the land where Edom is, the land where Esau established himself. And prophesy against its people. It goes on to say, I am your enemy, O Mount Seir, and I will raise my fist against you to destroy you completely. I will demolish your cities and make you desolate. 
then you will know that I am the Lord. And so he's, God is promising he's going to bring judgment upon, upon Mount Seir and make it utterly desolate. And verse 10 says, for you said, why? Why is God against Mount Seir? Verse 10, for you said, the lands of Israel and Judah will be ours. We will take possession of them. Can you hear the spirit of Esau in that? Esau is still angry with his brother Jacob for taking his inheritance. And so, you know, this vengeance, this wanting to take the land back that was taken away is still there. The lands of Israel will be ours. This is the cry and the call of the uh, Palestinian terrorists who harass and persecute the people of Israel, the Jews. Surely, as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will pay back your angry deeds with my own. So now let's look at chapter 36. And this chapter is actually God is prophesying to the mountains of Israel. To the mountains. And when we say mountains of Israel, what are we talking about? It's a Hebrew idiom. And let me decode that for you. The mountains of Israel are the very heartland of Israel. They are the mountains that are north of Jerusalem. And it's in the region known as Biblical Samaria or Biblical Shomron. And also Judea, which is the southern part, uh, south of Jerusalem. But Shomron, let's focus on Shomron or Biblical Samaria. Those are the mountains of Israel. And it says in Ezekiel 36, verse 3, Your enemies have attacked you from all directions, making you the property of many nations and the object of much mocking and slander. Now, when you go to biblical Samaria today, it's also known as the West Bank. uh, A lot of tourists never go there. They go to Jerusalem, they go to Tel Aviv, they go to all the main sites, but they never go to the very heartland of Israel, biblical Samaria. And, of course, when you go there, uh, places like Itamar and um, Shechem, which is modern-day Nablus, um, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, um, all of Shiloh, all of these areas uh, are very much part of the heartland of Israel, and they are hotly contested. The Palestinians are claiming that it's their land. They'd like to take all of the heartland of Israel and say that's Palestine and make Israel look like a big donut with a hole in the middle. So that's how that's playing out. What I just read is actually playing out in living color. Your enemies have attacked you from all directions, making you the property of many nations and the object of much mocking and slander. As an example, uh, there's a farm uh, to the south of Jerusalem, and Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramovitz have built up this farm on the top of, the, of a mountaintop. And after they got the farm going and homesteaded there and started planting uh, gardens and having animals and homesteading up there, all of a sudden they were sued in international court saying, oh, this is Palestinian land. So, That goes on now here in verse 4. Therefore, mountains of Israel, hear the word of the sovereign Lord. He speaks to the hills and mountains, ravines and valleys, and ruined wastes and long deserted cities that have been destroyed and mocked by the surrounding nations. This 
is what the Sovereign Lord says. My jealous anger burns against these nations, especially Edom, which connects back to Esau, because they have shown utter contempt for me by gleefully taking my land for themselves as plunder. And all of this conflict that goes on with the Palestinians claiming the land in Israel, claiming land in the biblical Samaria or the West Bank, that conflict, that's basically a contest or a conflict between the descendants of Jacob and the descendants of Esau. Esau is still trying to get his birthright back through blood and terror and violence to this very day. But going on in verse 8, The mountains of Israel will produce heavy crops of fruit for my people, for they will be coming home again, soon. And this is actually being fulfilled. This prophecy is being fulfilled. The Waller family has established a base up on the top of Mount Gerizim, and they have brought in thousands of volunteers from all over the nations over the last 10 or 15 years, and they volunteer to help harvest the grapes for the Jewish vineyards, the Jewish farmers who have vineyards. And truly, the mountains are that were once desolate are now dripping with wine. They call it liquid prophecy. Um, but they've helped to plant the vines, the vineyards, and helped to harvest and to um, also trim the vines when it's time to trim them. And going on, O mountains of Israel, I will bring people to live on you once again. I will make you even more prosperous than you were before. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. I will cause my people to walk on you once again, and you will be their territory. You will never again rob them of their children. And so this is literally being fulfilled with all these volunteers coming from all the nations, uh, Christians from all different denominations, from all flavors and colors, they are coming to volunteer to work in the vineyards and to help produce the wine that the wine is dripping from the mountains of Israel. And so what's very beautiful in uh, chapter 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. What's the purpose of God giving us a new heart? The purpose of him taking out our heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh is so that we will follow his decrees and obey his regulations. So that we will follow the Torah. So we will follow the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. He gives us a new heart, and then he begins to write the Word of God, the Torah, upon our heart. So instead of the Ten Commandments being written upon two stone tablets, and the fact that it was two stone tablets is a remez hint of the condition of the people's hearts. Their hearts were stony, like the tablets. God is saying the new covenant is now I'm going to take my word. The word has not changed. The the Torah has not changed. The problem was not with the Torah. The problem was with the people's hearts. Now I'm going to take my Torah, which is holy and pure and true. And instead of it being on stone tablets, I'm going to write it on your heart of flesh. So 
the heartland of Israel will one day be repopulated with his people. And I believe the Waller family and the work that they are doing up on Mount Gerizim, they are the first fruits of many, many more people to come from all the nations who love Yeshua, who love his people, who love the land, who love the Jewish people, and who have a heart to follow the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Shalom and Yeshua the Messiah, and we'll see you tomorrow. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>